0: Probably um, in my top 10 comfortable rooms of all time. Oh, yeah, of all time, for sure. This is one of my happy places. This is such a happy place.
1: You guys, you have no idea how happy that makes me. It, the thing about it is, though, is if you ever want to bring friends or just come over yeah. here and I'm not here, that would make me, I'm serious. Yeah. So delighted that somebody was using this place. This is like cheers. Like, this. you have your own cheers.
0: You
2: have your own freaking bar. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we discuss all the topics that you were told not to talk about in polite company. My name is Jose. I'm Joel. And this week we have a special guest. And I'm Jerry. We will be talking about, today in this episode, our favorite movies just in time
1: for the Oscars. But first, let's talk about what we have on tap. Joel, what are we drinking? So, this is a Belgian beer. And I know in the past we've tried to keep things local, but beer lovers tend to gravitate, you no, know, towards Belgian beers. And that is like a true beer capital. So, we're not going to apologize right now for drinking a non local Belgian beer, right? Yeah, so. so- you i'm sorry i'll edit that out no no people snobs local snobs
2: we want to keep our carbon footprint small but when it comes to beer we'll drink it absolutely
1: it is good and uh let me just read what it says here lovely hint of banana and spice on the nose banana bread sponge sugar flavor lovely golden body uh Man, sounds like a woman. That's a beautiful thought. Golden body. It is. <laughs> it is a bit sexy. <laughs> yes. Persistent head. Full <laughs> lush delicious take that delivers on the classic attributes of the style. I should want to say of the girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talking <laughs> about beer like wine because right. beer is supposed to be so anti-snobby. Right. So I don't know. I feel weird about talking about all these flavors. You know, coming from beer. Mm. Nah, it just tastes good. Damn it. Damn Damn it, it's beer. beer!
2: Yes. It's beer! Be a man. <laughs> well, who suggested this? Who suggested this? Beer? The beer?
1: Yeah. I think that I did on the way home today. <laughs> I like, what are we gonna try today? And I said, let's just drink a Belgian. I was going to drink cocktails,
2: and
0: then Joel's like, um, I'm going to get a Belgian triple. And I was just like,
1: oh, yeah. Never mind. I'm going to just drink beer. <laughs> but to, come on now. Let's talk about that awesome cocktail. <laughs> You're oh, yeah. you so a cocktail you man. And by the way, I am a longtime lover now. No, two-year lover of Manhattan's because um, of Jerry. Oh, and he knows how to make. like a good and, Manhattan? Yeah, and definitely um, give ideas on great drinks. So what did you make? Uh, uh, how do you make
0: uh, it? Made, I made a Negroni. Uh, and I know it's a little bit popular hipster drinks right now, but... Uh I actually really enjoy it. I, I you know, I had a friend introduce it to me and and uh I tried it out and I just thought this is one of the best cocktails I've ever had. It's, it's actually really easy to make because it's equal parts uh, of everything. So equal parts gin, uh, Campari, and sweet ver- vermouth, and then you know you can garnish it with an orange and maybe uh, express an orange peel into there for get the orange oils in there. And some people you know they like to put a little bitters in there, but uh, anyway, it's it's a really good drink.
1: And my story is that I made this for my whole, f- my whole family like three days before Christmas. <laughs> and I left out the and orange. I've been bragging to you
0: about it, saying this yeah, is a misplaced and I know. I know. It feels and
1: so bad. So I finally said, All right, I got to make this. It sounds amazing. And we oh, all just no. dumped it. We nice. all dumped it. And then I just tried Jerry's. And the only difference was he stuck a blood orange that we just got from my tree, nice. which is cool, into it and it absolutely made all the difference either that or I already had a beer and it tasted that much better <laughs> but um, no, it's a be great t- drink when you make it with you gotta have a slice of, of citrus in there yes, it was amazing that's, that's bloody yeah. delicious <laughs> <laughs> nice washed it down with one beer two beers three beers a shot of whiskey a margarita and a bloody berry. And I said, Stone Cold, why have one when you can have them both? And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, uh, Jose and I will each share one thing that we are passionate about for two minutes or so. And though we tend to be a bit loquacious, um, so that isn't a strict time limit. This week, I will discuss, and my Fred Talks are lame, so I'm just going to mention one fact that always blows me away. Okay, I have a question for you gentlemen. Hmm. Los Angeles, on the yeah. coast, yeah. west coast, yeah. Yeah. Reno, Nevada, Nevada, yeah. which city is farther west? Now, I kind of gave it away, because you already know the answer, because it's, you know, it's not what you would think. Would it be Los Angeles that's farther west? No. Reno. Reno is farther west than See, Los I Angeles. I thought it
2: was a trick question. It okay. is a
1: trick question because Reno is in Nevada, which is right. way, of course, way, way east of most of California. Yeah. But you go to a map and just draw a line, a, a longitudinal line straight hmm. north from uh, Los Angeles, and that line will actually be east of Reno. Reno is west. Reno, if it didn't have the Sierras in front uh-huh. of it, will get a sunset before, or no, Los Angeles, we get the sunset before Reno. It's
2: Is it because trip? the fact that California curves? Yes,
1: exactly. Okay. And, and people, But people don't realize to what extent California curves off to the east there in the oh, south. Interesting. I, mean, I don't know. That's my lane, Fred Talks. Yeah. And Jose's, no, I can't wait to hear this week's because you already mentioned what it's going to be, and I'm super interested. So I'm trying to work on getting my Fred Talks
2: short and sweet and it's not happening last week it was five minutes so we'll see how i do this time so i'm going to talk this week about the word yahweh and prayer there for christians there's been this problem where paul in first thessalonians 5 17 says pray without ceasing how is that possible right how can you pray without ceasing so for me i pray throughout the day in the morning before i go to bed i pray just sporadically throughout the day It's not without ceasing, right? Like, I'm not in prayer constantly. So the answer to praying uh, without ceasing is in the word Yahweh. Now, Yahweh, as we all know, is... Hebrew for the word I am, which is what God tells Moses is his name, right? He tells Moses, tell them I am who I am. And, of course, Jesus throughout the New Testament uses the phrase I am to suggest that he is, of course, the incarnate God. But the Jewish people pattern the word Yahweh after breathing, the pattern of breathing. So you would say Yah with an inward breath, like Yah. And then you would say the way as you exhale, Yahweh. So as you breathe, right? Because God breathes life into Adam, mm. right? In the book of Genesis. Right? Oh, interesting. So it's that breath, mm. right? That life-giving breath that is the name of God or the name of God, Yahweh, is patterned after breath, right? So it's like onomatopoetic. It's right? onomatopoetic, I guess. That's, what, that's a way to put it, yeah. So like you were saying, though, earlier, to be present every moment, right, with each mm-hmm. breath, is how you pray without ceasing, right? So if you look at it from that perspective, your first breath when you're born into this world, you're speaking the name of God. And your last breath when you die is a prayer. You're speaking the name of God with your last breath. Hmm. And that's how the Jews would look at it. Very deep. And Christians, I think, have forgotten that. Yeah. Hmm. The breath of God.
1: I'm going to bring up a profane story now. Um, shoot yes (laughs) Uh, what is it called when people have seizures epileptic there's a guy at my high school who's epileptic and he would sometimes have to leave class because sometimes i think you can feel it coming on and so this guy would wander the halls and when he felt like he was about to have an epileptic seizure and we all knew him because he would stand out and by the way i went to a catholic high school Mm. and we all knew about you know the importance of the word yahweh because Mm -hmm. we took old testament yeah. With a very interesting teacher and people who know me and uh, went to St. Joe's know that this guy was very, very interesting to say the least. And he made a big deal of that word. So this guy would stand out in everybody's classroom one by one as he walked down the hall. And he had a super deep voice and he would say, yeah, word, because it would this teacher was so into how powerful that word is. Mm-hmm. And we all just, would erupt, and it just, you know, if you were at all very religious, you know, it just destroyed it, you know, mm-hmm. and and then he'd move on to the next class, and in a deep voice, and he would go down wow. the hall. It was so funny, mm-hmm. and he would never be in sight where you know you'd run, the teacher would run out the hall. Who's that? Right, and he'd be gone. It was like <laughs> so. It was like God calling down from the heavens. It was so funny. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Josepher. I don't know if for I'm belittling that, that raining glass through my chest. No, the idea. No. By the way, the word Hawaii. Uh-huh. Um, also has to do with the intake and ex- exhaling of breath. Hmm. The "ha" part okay. of Hawaii is hmm. is that. So I think that's it's that kind same of a concept. It's cool. the yeah. breath, yeah. right? The breath of life. That's neat.
2: So, in this segment, our conversation will focus on the topic of movies. The Oscars will be on March 4th, which I believe is Sunday, Sunday? right? yeah. So, we want to get this podcast out before the Oscars, and I don't think any of us have really watched any of the Oscar movies. I mean, I've watched Shape of
1: Water, I've watched Lady Bird, but that's it. I haven't seen anything else. No, I don't watch very many movies until they are on DVD now, so I've seen Get Out. Have you seen any, Jerry?
0: Uh I've seen Get Out, I saw it on an airplane. Um, but I really haven't been able to get out to the movie theater.
2: <laughs> well done.
0: Because I have yeah. these things called children. Yeah. So I have a, yeah.
1: Cat. Yeah. Is it more common for people to stay in now and not watch movies at the theater? Do we have stats? Isn't there stats? I don't know if it's
2: statistically proven,
1: but I I will say anecdotally. And it's got to be right. It's so we have these huge screens and these great sound systems. Mm -hmm. So of course, it's kind of sad. Well, Jerry has a ginormous screen. (laughs) Oh, oh, Jerry's got the best setup. Yeah,
0: I enjoy the setup. Uh, So yeah, um, we you know since we don't get out to the theater as much as we'd like to, we just try to make something. At home, yeah, that the family can watch.
1: All right, so top let's start. Top three movies, and let's just go right down the list of genres. All right, so I think we should start with the most common drama genre, which is drama, which is to me, I don't know, it's the most boring. But I'm gonna bring up something, and I think it—I I think it's kind of lame. But I love Dances with Wolves. What is it about that movie that I love? I think it was cinematography. Mm-hmm. I, right. I think it was—I was a lot of silence, and I like the whole. Mm. The, I like movies with a lot of cinematography and silence, and and it was a grand movie. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what do you guys have to say about dramas, and I'm putting you on the spot. Mm. So if you can think of a drama right now, that'd be mm. awesome.
0: yeah, I think it was a great movie. Um, And, uh, you know, I mean, as far as dramas go, I I think there are some other good ones out there. Um, You know, one of my top dramas was *Goodwill Hunting. I'm a huge Matt Damon fan. Right. Uh, I love me some Matt Damon. Um,
1: Wait, before you move on. Yeah. Do I remember that Matt Damon and Help Me Out, his cohort. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck Affleck, Affleck wrote that? They did. I believe they did. That's crazy. It was so well written. And then they got to act. Has that ever happened? I'm I don't know sure. of any other movie like that.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah, it was a great movie. Goodwill hunting was definitely one of my top three. I also love The Help. I thought The Help yeah. was a fantastic movie. And one of my other top ones was uh, Dead Poet Society.
1: Oh man. Oh yeah. Okay. You teach English. Yeah. We are both English <laughs> teachers. And I love the scene from that movie where everybody's walking around doing kind of a funny walk. Yeah. You know? And except for one guy who's just deciding he's not participating, yeah, and he talks to Robin Williams' character. Was says, it Ethan Hawke's character? I think it was. I think and it he was. says, "You know, I retain the right." I think it w- was his words to not participate. And Robin's like, "Yeah, hell yeah, I like that. You know, yes. which is so cool." Yeah. Yeah, And I always remember that when I don't want to participate in these lame, like, faculty Mm -hmm. things, I do the, I don't know, marimba in front of everybody. So I
2: actually show clips of that movie in my class, not the whole movie, just clips, because at the end of the year, I do a whole thing on, yeah, individuality Mm. and kind of, you know, yeah, marching to be of your own drum, transcendentalism, which is kind of, I guess, setting the mood for high school. But Dances with Wolves. Yes. I love that movie. Um, I think partly it's because of my own Native American heritage. So nice. my family has Chumash roots here on the Central Coast. So yeah. I, I love that movie. Um, Kevin Costner, I'm kind of eh on. Yeah, Waterworld. Yeah. <laughs> Waterworld he, he kind of has like a skeezy look. Yeah. But if you're talking about dramas, and you're talking about movies that have simple scores, and you're talking about movies with long shots that are kind of slow. Yeah. Martin Scorsese's recent film called Silence, and it's about mm. these Jesuit priests who go to Japan mm. to evangelize. And they're looking for um, their old Jesuit um, headmaster, I guess you'd call him, played by Liam Neeson.
1: Nice. Man, that is a powerful film. Okay, Scorsese and Silence. Right, Scorsese and silence. Godfather is great at that. When Godfather is in his garden with his grandson, and he's about to die, right? And Mm -hmm. there's just it's all silence, Mm -hmm. and there's giggling, and and whatever. But you knew exactly what's about to happen. And man, what he does with the silence—it's exactly Mm -hmm. what Woody does with the words. You know, constant barrage of words. It's amazing. It's
2: because silence. Okay, so most movies will have a score, right? And the music has a way of manipulating oh, man. your emotions, right? What are movies without uh, music? Exactly. They're, they're crazy. But when you're in a movie and there's no score, there's no music, mm. it's like there's no manipulation. So what you're feeling is authentic. Yep. And that's kind of how I felt about silence and yep. definitely Godfather. What you're feeling is
1: real raw emotion. It's not yeah. manipulated em- emotion. Yeah. I mean, Godfather is just classic. It's just yeah. amazing. Let me ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. Is... Are movies the highest form of art form in your guys' opinion? I mean, for me, I go back and forth between music and movies, but to me, oh. the way you answer this is you ask yourself, okay, what makes me cry more? Ooh. and And by far, I've cried in... For more movies than the music. I cried once in a while for music, but man, I've cried at least a dozen times at movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you ask a person on the street, they might say something else, but I think I might agree with you. You know, movies have definitely a way of uh, of evoking emotions. It's a medium that evokes emotions Mm. probably more so
2: than... Anything else that I
0: can probably think of.
2: I I think you're right because music has a way of yeah, it's visceral, you know, because it's what you're hearing, but then movies add the next layer of senses, which is your your sight. So it's this the combination of what you're hearing and what you're seeing. And I think that's more
1: overwhelming. Yeah. And of course it's 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 both the combination of artwork visual art right but moving visual art and music at the same time yes and of course when they do it right poetry too, yes. which is just that's a, that's a lethal combo
2: and then you become you become familiar with the characters and the film. yeah so for example you love them you hate them so exactly. viscerally so that i think that makes the makes a difference right yeah. so that's why movies i think have a larger impact than music
1: yeah and music you in a, in a song you've got like 3 or 4 minutes that movie can be up to two hours. Yeah. Too. And and when it keeps you for the full two hours, you're like, damn, what else in life does that? Right. Okay. Comedies. Um, um, something about Mary. I got to tell you when, um, what's the guy. All right. I'm going to do this throughout this podcast. I don't ben remember Siller. Ben Stiller. Yes. Uh, beeps off and there is uh, <laughs> hair cream I know I like to beat like be myself hair cream on him and, and then Mary grabs it and uses it herself I couldn't stop yeah. laughing I turned off the movie and then I kept on laughing I went to get Chris and we both watched it together and then we kept on laughing and we cried and that was beautiful
2: crying because you were laughing
1: oh man oh man was it funny, that's funny. I mean god that's a great scene You guys remember that scene, right? Oh, class. I mean, how can you forget?
2: (laughs) What what was your take on that?
1: Yeah, I
2: mean, that was
0: one of the movies um, that I belly laughed on. There's probably maybe somewhere between five and ten, I would say, that I have, like, belly laughed. Mm -hmm. And that was definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I totally... and, and you know, and I think there's a movie that kind of you know, I and I, I think it was before that, um, but it was uh, American Pie, yes. and I think it kind of opened up the whole, the whole genre of this, this, this. <laughs> I, I guess you would call it you know raunchy humor. But yeah. I, I hate to say it, but I totally identify oh. with this humor. Oh
1: heck, uh, every guy does.
0: The <laughs> little boy inside me, you know, uh, a father son relationship, you know, and, th- and there's so much. I, I hate to admit that I identified with an American pie definitely not the, the actually the apple pie but, um, but it's just such a it's just such a hilarious movie about a you know a, a boy who's i guess high school high school age yeah prom age uh, and horny and yeah and horny. he's just yeah his hormones are raging and yeah. you know i totally it's identified with thing. that
1: we're like we're logical yes. these creatures but we have this thing that we have no control over yes your hormones are taking over yeah. at that age right
0: it just basically kind of encapsulates what really goes on yep. senior, junior year of high school. Mm-hmm, you yep. know? So, um, yeah, I think I think American Pie kind of opened up that genre. And uh, it's one of the funniest movies I've
2: ever seen. Uh, and no I doubt. belly laughed. <laughs> wow. Oh, one of my favorite comedies of all time was The 40-Year-Old Virgin <laughs> oh, starring man, Steve so Carell. To me, that was a breakout film. For Seth Rogen. Like, I know Seth Rogen had his... Oh, he's great. He was, he you know, he had Just, a star with Freaks and Geeks, and he had some movies. But yeah. to me, 40-Year-Old Virgin, that's when Seth Rogen really broke through. Mm. And Paul Rudd. So I grew up watching Paul Rudd and Clueless. Yes. That movie with, uh, what's her Alicia name? Silverstone. Oh, Alicia Silverstone. Alicia yeah. Silverstone. I had to post her up on my, my dorm room wall of Alicia really? Silverstone
0: in college. So she was hot
2: in Clueless, and then yeah. she was hot in, in the Batman and Robin movie. Mm. But Paul Rudd was freaking hilarious. He yeah. and um, Seth Rogen were so funny. And, of course, Steve Carell. Yes. Like when he was talking about grabbing the chick's breast and it felt like a bag of sand.
1: I was (laughs) dying so hard. I love the interplay at like the Circuit City deal. That was just crazy. These guys just like, just shooting the (laughs) s at Circuit City and just like, oh, it was perfect. (laughs) And I love that movie so much. Yeah, that's a dandy. All right, so let's move on to, shall we, sci fi. And Mm. and somebody else Mm. go. I went first last time. Or or shall I go first? Go first. I mean, because because I think that two of us for sure are going to pick Star Wars movies, but I. My number one movie, and it's not even close, and it's weird that people love Empire Strikes Back first, yeah. but for people my age, I think there might be a certain percentage that like A New Hope, the first Star Wars mm-hmm. movie first, right. just because it was so groundbreaking. Definitely, It was yeah. so head and shoulders above everything, and it will always be, and it's not even close. It's the best, and you know, I want to talk about why does that not get any kind of nomination for Oscars? That pisses me off about yes. the Oscars big time. Yeah. Which, I'm, so, I'm, I'm angry right now I am that's a big shortcoming. Well, why, why,
2: why don't those why don't those yeah. movies that have popular appeal yeah there we go popularity why don't, is bad exactly so oh that's the, the masses there's love not. that there's not. Totally. you they have like to be, be a little
0: avant-garde in order to get exactly. Nominated, nominated like an, an English Oscar patient right yeah
2: come on <laughs> which was so boring I'm sorry Edward Norton. No. I'm, I'm with you <laughs> on that so yeah for me I love Empire Strikes Back yeah now I love it too we all love it. We, we do. And you know what? And when I think about how great um, A New Hope was, you're right. It gets overshadowed because Empire Strikes Back was so, like, gritty and it was dark because we knew it the had characters. way more going on, too, right? Right. And, and you know, A New Hope was Luke in right. his hand, which yeah. it was, pretty, it was yeah. pretty key. We learned Darth Vader is his father. Yeah, it's it's, so it's an epic on. film. It but is. A New Hope. Just this was George Lucas's shot, right? It was beautiful. open the door, and I think what gives that movie, what gives A New Hope, so much more props, is that J.J. Abrams basically copied A New Hope for The Force Awakens.
1: Oh like, my gosh! Like so.
2: beat for beat, A New Hope, you see it in Force. Awakens. I haven't
1: heard this idea. Explain that. You All right, haven't? You no, I, no, internet, no, no, no. The internet was on fire. I know.
2: So if you go online, look at any one of these Star Wars nerds. The Force Awakens. They'll say just basically ripped off. Of no you know.
1: way. Really? So Even time-wise? Like, do they, like, cut the scenes everything. at the same?
2: Whoa. So you look at, like, for example, you have this character who's forest-sensitive, who's living on a desert planet. Right. And then someone comes along and rescues them, right? Yep. And then you I've have this it. whole situation where they need to rescue. So it wasn't, it wasn't rescuing someone. It was getting the plans Right. right, and delivering those plans right. to oh, the rebel base. It's... I mm. mean, down the line, there are so many parallels between Force Awakens, mm. interesting. Well, and A New Hope. JG Abrams, when he was starting this new trilogy, was like, okay, if I'm going to do a whole new trilogy, I need to start with where everyone's familiar. Mm. I need to make a movie that starts with. That basically is the connective tissue between the past and the future.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. This was definitely a conscious decision, right? Consciously. Able, yeah, okay. Consciously. Okay. Yeah. It well, like I mean, accidental. yeah, of course, great art is always imitated and, and we right. can right, go on and on about, especially musically. I mean, you can't even find a great song nowadays that isn't in part, you know, copied from something else. out of our ideas? Yeah. Hey, there's yeah. a great topic. Are we out of ideas musically? We might we're getting there. There have been like like scientific studies on this where we're we're running out of interesting licks and tr- and, and interesting tunes. Mm-hmm. But music, I mean, um, movie wise, are we? I mean, we have so many more directions to go. Aren't there are like basically four. Archetypes And in music, form. that means like four or three chords. Right. <laughs> That's why I love punk rock. It's just three chords. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mm. kind of buy into that stuff. I, I love get, watching I Joseph Campbell. Totally right. All right. Are we totally getting off topic?
2: We're going okay. off on a tangent here. All right. Okay. It's, it's fun. But I, okay, so yeah. my favorite sci-fi was Empire Strikes Back. Mm. You were saying A New Hope, Jerry. Okay. Well, I have
0: to say that this isn't out yet, and I'm hoping it oh, is going to this. I hope it's going to be the best sci-fi movie ever. It's the best sci-fi book ever. Ready Player One. Yes. And uh, I'm really excited about that. I don't know if it's um, going to live up to the novel, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a virtual reality um, sci-fi novel. Um, kind of, It's kind of a Matrix meets Willy Wonka. Yes. yes. And uh, you got this billionaire who um, leaves his empire to somebody who can find the egg within mm-hmm. this virtual virtual world and everybody's scrambling to find this egg and um it's gets just full of um 80s references like 80s video games, that is 80s what I'm, movies, I'm 80s so songs. That. Yeah. The billionaire in this story was a big 80s fan, yeah. and I am a child of the 80s, no. and so we all are. I am totally oh, yeah. stoked about this. So I guess you can't say it's like one of my top movies because it's it's not out yet. But I, oh, uh, that's I'm be be very good. much looking forward to it. Um, but you know, I can say is there are some other things that you know some other sci fi movies that have really Uh, tickled my fancy so um, one of them is I actually like, and a lot of people, you know, aren't as cool with this, but I like the Star Trek reboot. Oh yeah, me too. I'm a big fan. I love them. I, I'm cool know. with the new timeline. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. Wait, is there a whole bunch of people with that hate new? I don't know. They're, they're haters. Yeah, there are people haters. who are purists. There, it's a completely new timeline. James T. Kirk. It's is about entertainment. He's a new, he's it's a new about dude. Being when he is, He's almost a little <laughs> more interesting now that his father has passed away. He's more mm-hmm. reckless, I think. Yeah, he's more reckless. I like this edgy James T. What's t-shirt. that actor's
1: name, by the way? Um,
0: Chris, Chris Pine. Pine. He's, a da- yeah. he's good.
1: He's yeah, good. he's a good one. So
0: yeah, I yeah. like the new stuff. That's Star Trek cool. is... The new Star Trek reboot is definitely cool with me. Uh, I like mm-hmm. the first two. The third one, I didn't love as much, but the first two, I yeah. really liked. Uh,
2: Into Darkness was so good.
0: Yeah. Into Darkness was so good. Uh, I-, I, loved, I loved the new con, and I loved how... Uh, my favorite scene and and you know this sounds you know childish but i just love how he laid waste to all these klingons <laughs> yes i just love how I he just you. went onto this Probably. klingon i think it was a moon and and these klingons were just <laughs> i mean they were they're badasses they were yeah. they were tough dudes and he just made mincemeat of them. He Don't just totally it. annihilated That's what's them. Great about movies. And yeah. so, um yeah. I think the new con was a really it's a really good con. And I like how they switched the roles of Kirk and Spock. Uh, yes. And how it was Kirk who actually died in this one instead of Spock. Yeah, that's And powerful. it was an emotional scene. It was. it was an emotional scene when Kirk died. Oh. And Spock, you know, who who had, um, you know, he practiced the calling R, and he's you know vowed you know his emotions away, and now all of a sudden he's got his hand on the glass. He's looking at Kirk, and he's looking at him and saying, you know, like. You, you know, almost like you're my best friend and,
1: you know, you're, you're leaving yeah. this world. And, and he was crying. Mm-hmm. And it was he such ever an cried emotional scene. In, before. I, mean, ha, I mean, he's got the human part of him, but had he ever cried before? I recall. In the well, in the new series, when he TV? was a child, he was, he was prodded. That made it heavy for me.
0: And, and he acted out emotionally and beat up some other uh, Vulcan true, crew. And he was student They clamped down on that and then when his mother had you know when Vul- you know Vulcan was destroyed his mother passed away and True. i don't know if he cried but kirk definitely evoked mm-hmm. pulled out some sort heavy, of head emotion head. out of him and he he attacked kirk you know I, I was i was definitely um affected emotionally by the scene where kirk died and and spock was basically you know he couldn't he couldn't
2: suppress his emotions mm-hmm. yeah I love the new series, and I really love the um, relationship between Spock and Mm Ohura, because I think that emphasizes Spock's humanity more than the original series did. And I think that's interesting, because it really shows where he's trying to be more Vulcan. He's trying to control his emotions, but then there's like this conflict with his humanity, Mm -hmm. and I don't think they played that up so much in the original series
1: as they are in this one. Yes. Which I think is more interesting. Yeah. Yes, it's interesting. I want to get kind of political here. In that, I think we need to hold up Spock as this he, this person that we all need to be more like. In that, he's. I think we're we go too much with our gut right now, mm-hmm. and I think humans need to be more logical. And I think we need to, and it's great, and this is what's great about movies and art, mm-hmm. in that we can take a character and we say, look, we can endeavor to be like this person. We need to to, to reason things out, and we need to be more Spockian. Is that right. an adjective, or, or is that not? I yeah. think you mentioned that in a previous podcast, but yeah, you're I, right. I totally think we need to be more Spockian. I love his character. and and But we derive more pleasure, though, and this is on the other side, through our emotions. We do. And, and, and Spock has got that, you know, mm-hmm. finally, you know. And um, so we need to learn how to be emotionally intelligent, but we, I don't know. I it's just a feel balance. Like, yeah, it's a balance. It's, it's so cool how Star Trek brings that out.
2: I but just, I think currently you're right to say that, you know, we need to have a balance, and that's kind of one of the things about this podcast that I love is, it's the, it's the both and, yeah. not either or. It's yeah. not
1: like emotional or intellectual. It's should no. be both. No, we are. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to try to say this every time. We are the radical middle. I want to be yes. the radical freaking middle. <laughs> right. I, mean, I can't stand the extremism in today's world.
2: So you, before we move on, sorry. We talked about Empire Strikes Back. We talked about A New Hope, Star Wars, um, and, you Star know, Trek. and Star Trek. Yes, all about you know, a galaxy far, far away. But a movie that I love that's sci-fi that's related to here on planet Earth and involves humanity right now, um, contemporaneously, District 9. Mm, Oh, yeah. yeah. That was an enjoyable movie. I I like that. What I love about that movie is that it's totally believable. If aliens were to come to Earth, is that
1: the one in South Africa? Yes. yes. Oh, I have
0: seen it. And you know, a lot of sci-fi movies are American centric. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, it just seemed this was South
2: Africa. Yeah, state. that was a real. And cool it was it was cool. Yeah, take on the whole sci-fi deal. Because, I, and I think you're right. You're right, Jerry. It, it's it's more true to humanity, I think, because we always think, uh, aliens are coming to subjugate, and they're coming to be violent. But I think in real life, if they were to come we would be the ones to I claim I totally them. agree. We would be the ones to subjugate them.
1: I think that it, this is a theory. I want to throw this out there. I think intelligence and morality go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so that sort of goes with what you're saying. I think that they would be more moral. I totally believe morality goes with intelligence, and and not intelligence but knowledge. You right. know, as we learn more, we be just become more ethical. Can I switch from that to another sci-fi? Please or, do. Yeah. Are you still yeah. on that? No. Okay. I just want to make that. Now, point. I want to first talk about this idea that some people say today is like the golden age of TV, and I totally agree with it. Right. And I want to throw out another theory that, like, as movies have become less sort of creative and less uh, original thinking, TVs have become more. Be- and it totally has to do with technology and how we all, like Jerry, have this incredible theater in our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm not embarrassing you. It's true. <laughs> okay, Westworld is where I'm going oh, with this. Yes. Holy Jim Dandy! I've seen that it. is an amazing good show. Things. It's just okay. There are. They've gotten technology to the point where they can basically create humans. Mm -hmm. And so these rich people go to this uh, made-up world Mm -hmm. where there are these uh, robots. Western theme. Right. It's a Western theme, which makes that much cooler, right? That whole Western theme makes – so this is like a Western uh, sci-fi? Yeah. And, man, I can't wait for this next season to start. I think in a couple months, the first season – actually got me thinking more about philosophy and our meaning of life than I think almost any movie in a long time. It was Mm. heavy. Yeah. And right now we've got a character, and I don't know if she's coming back to Westworld, she's a robot, Mm -hmm. or she's going to go out into the real world, Westworld is a fake world, and just create havoc. But either way, it's going to be nuts. Okay, so for the
2: uninitiated, for people for you people go, like me I'm not good at giving details. What 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 is Westworld? What is it?
0: Uh Westworld is basically a a place where people can go and I would say mm-hmm. Probably the wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wealthy could go, and they could basically... And they dicks. Yes. A lot of them, I, use, Most of I words, think the dicks. word would be douchey. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> a lot no of know. douchey people.
1: They go to kill um, a lot of them, because yeah. they can kill robots. But these yes. robots have feelings. Which is crazy. Yeah. There's yeah, a place this
0: they is... go to have an adventure, to it. it to to live a little. Mm-hmm. And so they go into saloons. They go into brothels. Mm-hmm. They go uh, into gunfights. They go to all these different different places and they basically live out the old west yeah and when they kill people when they get take part in these stories they they are actually participating with machines Mm -hmm. ai machines and um what's really neat is that they can well i don't know if it's neat is that they can do (laughs) yeah i don't know they can do what they can do whatever they want and what happens? For them is it's the machines improvise. Right. The machines For them improvise. It's fun. Because they have AI. Exactly. So they they can shoot and kill and do whatever they feel they need to do, and then you know they can in,
1: enjoy themselves. But the uh, the problem, sexually, big yes. time with robots. Yes. But which is a two, totally interesting idea. Beyond the visceral, I think that's actually like you see more and more like oh, it's happening right now. Yeah, absolutely, it's crazy. Exactly. All right, now I'm gonna. Gosh, guys, I keep on throwing these philosophical questions in here. All right, I cried as much as any movie, and you guys are gonna laugh at me right now when I watched AI. I don't even know if you watched it. I've I've seen that
0: movie. Okay, Billy Joel Osment.
1: Yeah, right. The reason I cried is because I got from the beginning. I think the, th- the thrust of that movie was that we have to come to grips mm-hmm. with what we're going to do when robots have consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right, right. All right. And, and I, and religious people, I don't know about you, Jose, but generally say, screw that. If they don't have a soul because they're not human. And I'm like, no. Hell no, they know they exist. And yeah. that's what counts to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm big on that. And if like right now we were gonna like try to decide whether or not we're gonna give rights to robots that know they exist and have feelings, I would fully give it. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? I mean you probably most people I talk to just can't stand that idea.
0: You know, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not there yet. I mean I don't know where AI is right now, but I mean
2: in the future. Right, right. That's are we gonna um, deal with that, right? Well, I, I we just think it's gonna will. become a reality. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about, um, like you, like Jerry was saying, in terms of rights right now, but in terms of rights in the future, it, animals, just look at animals. Yeah. Animals have so
1: that's many the, rights. That's the first thing that happens before that.
2: Right, and I think we have to acknowledge that any consciousness, any any being that has consciousness it is, is deserving of respect mm. whether yeah. it's a it's a whether it's a robot that's fully aware
1: yeah. or or an animal like right now a lot of people are having a hard time with like the tests they're doing on chimpanzees chimpanzees are not where we are but man they're, they're super smart smart right yeah so
2: to that point then have you guys watched ghost in the shell with my with my girl ScarJo? Scar- i ScarJo watched
1: action? about mm. half of it and then Is this a Netflix series,
0: or what is this? No, this is a movie. And then the people I I was watching it with weren't super into it, and I had to return it to Redbox.
2: Um, What was the one? But she's also in Ghost in the Shell, yeah. Yeah. But Ghost in the Shell. So what's that, yeah. So Ghost in the Shell is based on this anime, this this, um, basically a graphic novel, where there is this, it's almost like she's a cop, but she's an agent of some kind, where um, her job is to investigate crimes. But Scarlett Johansson's character is a fully functioning, self-aware AI robot. She has feelings, right? Yes, it's a lot like Blade Runner in that respect, mm. where she's she's injured and she knows she's injured. Dude, she has feelings. This is such a heavy topic to me. This is this brings up so. It's much. very much like Blade Runner in that, and it's in that same vein of robots, you know, being aware that they're second-class citizens and don't have yeah. rights. Yeah. Yeah. This is, we're all facing
1: this. And the I ghosts, mean, it might be 50 years, it might be 100 years, but it's coming.
2: And the ghost in the shell refers to the fact that maybe these robots, maybe these cre- these AI creatures do have souls.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know about that theologically, but Yeah, theologically that doesn't wash, but, but to me I, as a non-religionist that, that makes no difference. I to, to me the big deal is do they know they exist? Do they want to keep on living? Like, desire actually comes into play big yeah. time in my philosophy. Right. It's interesting. Does it actually want to exist? Right. There we go.
2: Like, if I shut my computer down and never turned it back right. on, that's a computer
1: would never That's big. Be right. We're gonna yeah. We're going to be dealing with this big time. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we could go on forever okay, on this. So, Holy smokes. I mean, we have to talk about Game of Thrones, don't we? I've never watched it, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. I could go on for days. About so, Game we just of have Thrones. to say it's okay. awesome. And Let's... where is it going to go from here? Uh, do you think, for instance, that the, the ghost? Stormy, what are they called? Yeah, are gonna the win, White Walkers. The White, White Walkers, yeah. or is um, Danny going to win eventually? I, I think Danny, obviously. You know, you can't...
0: I mean, my prediction, I mean, you know, who knows, but my prediction is that, you know, Danny. And Jon Snow are going to eventually overcome and Kevin, rule the realm. Man,
1: life. If they leave us in a lurch and down. Uh, man, they're going to yeah,
0: uh, erupting. Jon and Aunt Danny. Yeah, that's <laughs> trippy. There's some serious stuff okay, yeah.
1: going on. So, I have never watched this show again. You are so lucky. This is what I tell people who haven't seen great things. You're lucky. Because you get to watch it for the first time. you're lucky.
2: So, the extent of my knowledge of uh, Game of Thrones is, is what's Cal Drogo, Drago Drago? Drogo. Cal Drogo raping yes. some chick. That's Danny. Danny.
0: He he the actually didn't of... rape, he was actually married. No, she loved him. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Was and, it Freeman She She called him her moon and stars, I think. Yeah, but she he was just a rough guy, but, but she, yeah, she had loved babies him. who are dragons, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. baby. Yeah. So, so, so there's a lot of like so. so Carl Drago like, is no, he's only
0: first season and he's he's already he gets sick and he oh, passes fine. away, and then he's pretty much irrelevant for the the yeah, rest of the. So just very season small. one,
2: just season one, yeah. yeah. So like yeah. spoiler alert: is, Sean Bean also gets killed in season one. Yeah,
0: and you know you Sean think Bean. you think he, that guy is going to be there. Was so that your brother? Who is that? Oh, he, he's the king, right? He is. He is the. He is the head of the Stark family. Oh, and, that's Sean Bean, okay. and he's also. Yeah, he he becomes, was my favorite character. He becomes and, the okay. head of the king. He, okay. he's the right hand man of the king, Robert Baratheon. Right,
1: right. Yeah. Okay, and this is what must be said about this movie of more than I mean this Show. this series more Show. than any other is they. Break your heart on a continual basis. More than any, they movie, break your uh, heart series, all the time. And why we keep on coming back for more? is Almost amazing. as much as Walking Dead, but probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. more than Walking Dead. <laughs> they Break your one. heart. So yeah, Carl so just died. So, you guys walking know that. Okay. okay,
0: yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler: Carl's f- dead. Sweet <laughs> little Carl. We think. Ninety-eight percent is dead. I mean, we didn't see him buried. We didn't see. But I, I mean, I'm pretty sure
2: sweet little Carl's right. dead. He had the balls to off his mom in like what season one? I'm mm, gonna call that two? season
0: two or season three. They were in the prison. It's been a long time.
2: Yeah. So he kills his mom. I can't in season remember that early. So of yeah. course he's gonna. He off, has to off his He's mom. gonna off himself in the recent yes. one. But
1: yes, and he did. You gotta watch. watch I, me I, dead. I love it when I watch it, and there's so much. Okay. Back to the whole, this is the golden age of TV. We could live every day uh, on TV, totally taking our, our, our drip into our uh, veins um, yeah. and, and not stop for days on end. Because oh, this is a golden age of TV. It's amazing. Yes. We can, Netflix, we can Amazon, binge watch. Binge watch forever. Yeah. And just, oh my gosh, so it's too much.
2: I don't have cable because it's expensive. So I have Hulu. I have Netflix. Each of those, yeah. you're talking about eight or nine dollars, and then I have another thing called Sling, and that's okay. twenty bucks. So between those, I'm paying forty dollars. If over. you have
0: HBO Go, I think that would be Maybe, basically round bucks. you off. Yeah, I 10 think bucks. you got to get HBO Go. Mm-hmm. I might do that, but I mean, or yeah. HBO Now.
1: I guess. All right, cool. it's but, so expensive. Oh. I'm off of cable now, and I'm loving it, but I'm a total YouTube addict. This yes, is crazy. Right. But anyway, let's we could just, gosh, this is such a rich subject. Let's yeah. go on, speaking of zombies, yeah. to horror. Yeah. And you yes. are the horror master here. You're I amazing. am the horror master. Yeah. But my wife talk about that great. Uh, uh, you, please talk about that anecdote. Well,
2: okay, so my wife doesn't really care for horror films, so I don't really watch it that much. But it's it's in my blood. So my parents would let me watch horror films growing up. So I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street. I was watching Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> At what age? Yeah. Like five, four, five, six,
0: (laughs) I was in college when I actually watched those. I wasn't allowed to watch those, but in college, I basically actually ditched classes to watch those. Wow. Mm -hmm. So so I grew up
2: watching those movies, and I remember distinctly, I had a sleepover at my friend David's house, and I was living in Sacramento at the time, and we watched Friday the 13th, and it was such a horrifying experience (laughs) for me. And by the way, his brother and sister we like pounding on the walls and saying, he's coming for you. Like, don't fall asleep. It was like midnight or one o'clock in the morning. I literally, as like a five-year-old, four or five-year-old, got up and left the house and walked home. Right? I walked back home. But late at night, right? Late at night. Yeah, it was like midnight, one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, I'll, I'll brave the streets. I'm not staying in that house where I watch this horror film.
1: Man. That's how bad my parents were. I love my parents. but No. That's how you bad know what? Were. I don't know. There's two ways of thinking about it. But horror is either toughen you up mm-hmm. or they just destroy you psychologically. But Exorcist just game nightmares. Because oh, wow. I was religious, super religious at that point. Yeah. And for religious people to watch religious horror movies and oh, there's God. a full load of them. There are. It, I'm going to say the word this time without beating myself up. It. You up, yeah, man. All right, now please tell us your anecdote. Yeah, that is so funny. (laughs) This was what the conjuring, right? The The conjuring, yeah.
0: So, I actually was with my family at a reunion in Oregon, and I have a couple buddies who went out to see the conjuring. Uh, together, And one of those buddies um, was house sitting for me. And so what he ended up doing is watching <laughs> The Conjuring and then coming home to my house and, and then experiencing some somewhat paranormal activity. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happened was. Crazy this happened. Yeah, I was playing. I was with my family and we were playing board games in Sun River, Oregon. And. I get a text message and he's just like, he's all, if you don't tell me what's going on in your house like right now, I'm going to call the police. <laughs> and so what happened was um, he, he um, when he was watching my house, he would always close the doors upstairs. He didn't sleep upstairs. He slept downstairs. So he would close the doors upstairs and then he would leave the door open downstairs and that was the place he slept. So when he came home from From watching The Conjuring, he 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 came home, and what was interesting is all the doors in the house inside were open, and he was like, "Oh, what the heck? I closed these doors before I left." And so he went, he closed those doors, and he went to bed, and he was just like thinking, "Like, what the heck is this? What's going on?" And then uh, he heard some noises outside (laughs) his room, and he opened the door, and he looked upstairs and the doors were open and then he looked to the front door and it was open
1: oh, and he was like smokes this is so what funny this is happening is the best ending
0: so what does he do he i mean naturally he closes all the doors and goes like what is happening to me right now so he closes all the doors he goes back to bed and hears more noises <laughs> he he's scared to death he waits a couple minutes he goes back outside Outside of his bedroom door. And now all those doors that he has closed are back open. <laughs> he is just going nuts. This and is so, real, man. so and, and at that, that point, that's when he texted me. He's like, okay, hey, I need to call the police unless you've got something to tell me. Like, are you punking me? What is going on? <laughs> oh my so I, I don't know what's going on. So I show my wife the text and she's like, oh no, I got the nights wrong. So what had happened was... She had told her sister that she could use our house for some some 5K run in Dana Point, Orange County, oh, I love and it. so they were going to use our house in Irvine. And so, you know, he didn't know that some other guests were going to be in the house. House. So what they were doing is they were unloading their car. <laughs> Going into the house they're leaving going into the house, unloading their their luggage, going back to the car and every time he would leave his room, they would already be going on another trip <farting noise> to the car <laughs> and so he had just watched the Conjuring, which is a scary movie, it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, and so he <laughs> He came out to that, and he was like, what the heck is going on? My wife remembered, and she it. said, hey, you know what? Actually, my sister is staying there that night, <laughs> and that, that, you know, finally, he finally figured it out, and everything was okay after
1: that. I but, love it. But, yeah,
0: that, you know, before that, it was pretty much
2: pretty scary stuff. That is classic. <laughs> That's so good. Because your mind races and you think of, like, oh, what is it? What, what could it be? Yeah. You know?
1: Well, three's, three's companies. It's miscommunication. Right, three's companies. <laughs> <syndrome>. <laughs> but Exorcist for me is number one. And then Shining, number two. Shining, mm-hmm. and there we go with Kubrick again. The silence and the dead time. Not the yeah. dead time, it is sh- going on in our minds. During this time, and Kubrick lets it happen. Yes. you know he lets us just run away with our thoughts. So the thing with
2: with The Shining is it's not so much scary. Like scary things yeah. don't happen. Things don't jump out. No, at you. not at all. It's the disturbing images. Yeah, right. Like that. They flash. The, pers- the perspective of that hallway with the twins. That's so freaky. Oh, man. And like the bleeding wall, oh, things man. like that.
1: It's just freaky. It's unnerving. Oh, man. This got me good. Got me good. So,
0: there are only a few movies that have scared me to death Conjuring. <laughs> the Conjuring. <laughs> uh, I mean, Conjuring was pretty good. Um, I'd say, as a child, though, I don't think I slept for a couple years um, after <laughs> watching
1: the movie It. The original oh, it. oh, yeah. I haven't even seen the new one. That way. was a mini series. I haven't seen it. Would. Yeah, that's right.
0: And uh, I have never looked at clowns no. the same since. No, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, it messed, it messed me up. <laughs> it messed you up, yeah. Yes. That's funny. And then there's another movie that I would say messed me up for a while was the movie The Ring. Oh, yes. And I think it was adapted from a ring. Japanese So you got to explain The Ring. Yeah. What okay, is yeah. Uh, the Ring is, you, uh, Is it a series or movie? It's a movie, okay. but they made multiple sequels, yes, okay. so basically what happens is if you watch this videotape it 's a very creepy video if you um, if you watch this movie this tape videotape, you, this person, um, this evil little girl, possessed little girl, will kill you. But if you make someone else watch the video, instead of you... They're going to get killed. They're going to get killed instead and of you. And you're an evil, evil person for doing that. You're a unit. bad person. Wow. So either you die a horrible death or you have to live the rest of your I life think I knowing saw some that of you
1: screwed someone else over. And was the so- video a total torture? Of, uh, it was it was so disturbing. It was random. Oh yeah, it was like I saw that. Ad. Oh, it
2: was nutty. It was like a box of worms, like a ladder, like a chair that turns. Just
1: random stuff. Oh no, I thought the video that they were forced to watch was torture. It wasn't even torture. Oh there. no, no it's just but it saw just, what I it
2: It's just super creepy. It's oh, random stuff. That's it's kind of it's random. Creepiness, Cold and then the girl—the girl—the girl who's possessed in the ring. She rink, moves and she crazy comes through ways. the TV
1: oh, and murders yeah, of you. Of course, yeah, that's so popular. Uh,
2: the previous, she comes one out you. all creepy, like out of the TV, oh, and nuts. that's become like a meme almost. nice.
0: All right, this is the Sixth yeah, Sense a...
2: considered horror? Yeah. Because oh, it's, a sixth sixth sense,
1: sense.
0: It's, a, it's a horror it was thriller. A sixth sense. That Wait, movie creeped me the heck out, and it, and it oh, wasn't even—I oh, mean, like a slasher. It wasn't gory, is
1: but it, it was a psychological th- thriller, so really. Good. And um, is this on? Yeah, it's so good, good. Oh. because you're talking about exactly. Man, it was just outstanding. Yeah, and it was the production value. Was higher, right, than uh, most right. horror by far.
2: Definitely. But see,
1: the thing with that movie though was it, it,
2: it kind of set M Night Shyamalan up for failure. All right, I don't because know anything about him, so everything was not
0: early. I hate to say,
2: yeah. He, I mean, that was pretty much because right, it was his, so
0: good, one of his yes. best movies. And, and then ever since that, down. everybody right. expected
1: his movies to be pure gold. Um, get out. I don't know if Get Out is a horror, which is Oscar nominated. Yeah, there is that's the one that I'm we're glad actually that about. was Oscar nominated. Me too. That's a movie I wouldn't consider to be Oscar. It nominated It never would in the past. I don't think. Which is ridiculous
0: because it's kind of under horror genre. The right? Horror exactly. Horror movies actually win. It's an a Oscar drama. One.
1: It's a horror. It's a total comedy at times.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed that movie. Oh but man, it tapped, I
1: loved it. It was genre spanning. It tapped into the racial division. Yeah. Oh, and that that's the other thing. That's the other right thing. now. Yeah. So. Current in that respect. It's like, look who's coming to dinner.
2: Yeah. But the white family is, they're violent, racist types, you know. And
1: it totally makes fun of. Families, I think, kind of like mine, the liberal sort of family that we all think that we're so up oh, on, yes. on racial relations so and so progressive so tolerant. <laughs> and we all have our biases. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say that we're that bad. But, man, it was such a twist at the end. What yeah. a crazy twist. Yeah. It kind of crosses a couple a couple racial barriers there. Mm-hmm. And, and the point being, and this is kind of was hard for me to figure out kind of deep, that white people kind of pretend and often own, in a sense, the black bodies, have owned the black bodies in the past, and, right. and without realizing it, and have done what they wanted with the black bodies, without being, you know, cognizant of it, and that was kind of the, the thrust of it.
2: What I love is that guy, um, Jordan Peele, he was on that show, Key and Peele, on yeah. God, and then he's become great. this,
1: like, all right amazing director. The Crown is 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 the most... It is the most, shall we say, intellectual experience I've ever had because I cannot watch that for more than five minutes literally without stopping the movie and getting on Wikipedia. And so many people say the same thing about that because it's all supposedly based on real life. And the people who have been there say, no, it's pretty real. And, And are you kidding? The Crown had that much like connections to Nazis, for instance. I mean, it's shocking and the acting is
2: impeccable. But what's sad is they're transitioning those actors out as the characters age. That sucks. I love, oh, that Mm. sucks. So that show, you're right, Joel. That show is amazing because as I watched it, like, for example, they had an episode where they referenced Dunkirk. And they have their responses to Dunkirk. And I had just watched the Christopher Nolan movie, Dunkirk, which, by the way, I think is nominated for uh,
1: Best Movie. It was good?
2: The movie Dunkirk was good. I don't know that it is Oscar-worthy, right? But um, so as, as I watch the show, The Crown, I'm constantly checking it. Overall, the show did a really good job with their facts and with being on point. And I think the episode, like you were mentioning, with the queen's uncle, who had been king until he married a woman who was um, a divorcee. From now, America. Right. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they, they're like, oh, well, the king is marrying this divorcee, so he has to abdicate. Because the, the Church of England doesn't support divorce. Which is hilarious. Because <laughs> King Henry, <laughs> Henry the created the church. Based on
1: divorce. So that he could have divorces. Yeah. And he murdered his oh, wife man. so he could marry. Anyway, that's yeah. the whole thing. That's one of the great um, themes of the whole, thing, uh, the whole um, series is the fact that they are so strict on their rules and they're so hypocritical. Exactly. Oh, man. So, but in reality,
2: that was kind of the front. Well, he has to abdicate because he's marrying a divorcee.
1: Yeah.
2: When in reality, he's divorcing because he has all these connections to the Nazis.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, man. My conspiratorial uh, antenna Mm -hmm. are way up on that because I can imagine the royal family making a lot of this up just to get him out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's a treasure to- trove of historical, I mean, maybe half-truths, you don't know as a fiction, well, yeah. or as a, as a as a play, but man, you look it all up because you want to know. It was, I mean, God knows the royal family played a big part in history. Yes. I mean, even though they don't have power now, they did then, mm-hmm. and um, it c- continues to, to decline, but man, it was so important. Did you watch that show? I haven't watched it yet, but oh, uh, I it. think I think uh maybe I should. Oh, it's it's dandy. All right, before our esteemed guest must leave us
2: today
1: <laughs> in 4 minutes, mm-hmm. we have to talk about um classics. Yeah. What are your classic sustained yeah. guests?
0: Okay, one of mine is actually is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Come on. We haven't even, <laughs> yeah, che- we haven't cheers. even cheered yet uh, oh today. My Get God. that glass in your head. Yeah. Ferris
1: all right. Bueller's first of all, breaking the, what is it, The what wall? The fourth wall. <laughs> the fourth wall. <laughs> the yeah, Deadpool is, style. I had never seen that before, that movie.
0: Yeah. That's Deadpool style. I yeah. love that. So yeah, that's definitely one of my um, one of my favorite
1: comedies. Is can anybody ever be more cooler than Ferris Bueller? More cooler, Joel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I'm an Uh-oh. English teacher. <laughs> You're an English oh, teacher. Weird. <laughs> comparative superlative. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> that is bad. Can anybody be more cooler? Because I'm, I'm actually trying to up the ante here. Yes, yes. Than Ferris Bueller. Yes. So yeah, no. I don't think so. Seriously, think of a of a character cooler than him.
0: Yeah, so I'm. Yeah, I'm just a big fan of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I also, I'm. Mean, I'm a big John Cusack fan. Oh, my wife loves. What it.
1: about the '80s uh, teen flicks? I oh mean, all gosh. that
0: old, Oh yeah, I oh, mean, yeah, Pretty in Pink I, and all that. Yeah, I love, yeah, I love Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. That stuff John
2: Cusack classic. was in Better Off Dead. Yes. Um. So yeah. my, when I talked to my wife before this, I was like, "Babe, what's like your favorite actor?" She's like, "Oh, my boy, John Cusack." Oh, Cusack's good for her. Yeah. Say Anything. Yeah. say anything
1: say anything oh, say yes. anything yes. such a good <laughs> yes. love saying anything yes. yes. what is great about that movie that we're all erupting right now yeah it's just chill yeah. and it's deep yeah and yeah. there's silence in it yeah and there's that the Boombox. Yeah, Boombox playing Peter Gabriel. Holding it uh, <laughs> totally <good> up over <laughs> his head, yeah. And also, like, Ricky Dome, the little uh, Steely Dan, and That's uh, right. it's just great.
0: It's a classic. Definitely. Man. Some some of my other favorites um, include things like I, I'm actually a big fan of The Born Identity. Oh, oh yes. man. It's good. So, Love it. Born Identity, I, I'm a big Mad Demon fan. I can't I hate help when they switch that. I can't help myself. I love anything that's coming of age. I love coming of age stories. So, I mean, that could be all kinds of different things. But, you know, I, I love – there's this funny movie. It's called Son of Rambo. Have you guys seen it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's this English kid who was born in this really conservative Christian family. And he decides to, you know, make kind of like he Rambo is like his hero, and so he uh-huh. kind of like likes to heard make. Of it.
1: I've never, I don't think I've seen it.
2: Yeah, he. Makes, it's an indie
0: film, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think totally. I saw the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> that's enough. it's hilarious. I love coming of age movies. I you I know check it, that out. I love movies where you know kids are kind of making their way. I love The Sandlot.
1: I don't know if you guys see The Of course. Stand um, By Me. Stand oh, yeah. By Me. Yes. Yes. And so, I also am embarrassed to say that one of my top five movies is Sound of Music. Does anybody oh, like Sound of Music or yes. is that too
2: schmaltzy? I love probably. Sound of Music and I love musicals. My wife thinks that I'm quote unquote
1: suspect. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Because I love musicals. I, I think that my wife uh, thinks the same. I don't give a shit. Um, sound Music and... like Moulin Rouge, man. Come Moulin on. Moulin Rouge or, like, uh, White Christmas. Oh, White Christmas. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on. It's small, okay, and it's just fun. <laughs> no, God, I mean, we movies. can go
0: on and on we got music. Christmas movies,
2: yeah. Oh. Irving Berlin. Yeah. 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 Irving Berlin. So, See, Holiday uh, Inn is a rip-off of White Christmas. Same cast, I, right?
1: You told me about this movie, and I'm going to go watch, go that watch so it
2: so soon. The best part of Holiday Inn is the scene with Bing Crosby in blackface. Uh, I was watching it like, oh my god, this is so racist. So
1: let's just bring up <laughs> yeah. real quick what we do with that, what we do with <laughs> Woody Allen, what we do with all these guys. What do we do with these guys? They make big I, I, I I'll tell you what I do. I watch the movie. I watch it unapologetically. Uh, Same. What's the word? Unapologetically. Thank you. And, um, and then I don't necessarily... Think that they should be rewarded or rewarded, and if actors and actresses don't want to act for them
2: anymore, yeah. I, I'm cool. But with see, that. like with, with with Woody Allen, I and we talked about this in the
1: very first. Oh episode. yeah, oh, yeah. We, we have a disagreement on this one.
2: I don't believe the accusations. I that do his, that his daughter leveled yeah, against so him. So we have a disagreement. I totally do. But we get we should, we should definitely talk about this. Oh sometime. yeah. <laughs> I think I think they're. I think his movies alone and at oh, all. Oh, I will always beautiful. watch his
1: movies. Manhattan. Woody Allen. I mean, you can be a dickhead. Yes. I mean, even if Woody Allen turns out not to be a dickhead. In God's eyes, right? But he's a genius. Dear. Come, on. I, mean, come uh, on, I will concur with that. Come on, and let's uh, give a nice round of applause Are you for the us great Jerry. Jerry. The Jerry. Thank you, thank he you, gentlemen. Um,
0: the Jerry dog. Gotta get home to the uh, family, the familia, the f- la familia. We only have
1: like literally ten minutes you left. No, yeah. this
0: is such an honor and such a pleasure to be with everyone here, and
1: and uh, we've been bugging him this sure. for a long time I'm because not we sure have. If this tons. is the last
0: time I'm going to be you here. You better not. I Actually, you better actually not. come. You know, I've been. This kind is of, so fun. No, this is you, fun, right? This is great. You and, listen to them too. And, you know, They're fun to listen to. And I know it was originally we were talking about. You know, we should do a podcast. And and I know this been,
1: started by I've the been, way with Jerry, Jose, and I. Uh, talking during one of our like our breaks tea <laughs> <Yeah>. tea breaks <laughs> tea breaks yes and um we made it happen and Jerry we finally got him to come here so
0: yes, and so yeah I you know I'm kind of playing my politics close to the vest and yeah. and uh we well, you know are that that have... talking about movies I'm like oh yeah I'll, I'll I'll talk about movies so things that aren't as controversial I'm like, yeah sure I'll record myself for <laughs> things okay. that are less controversial I'm sure I've said already th- I've yeah. already said things that are controversial but but, um, you know, okay, so this, this is how... isn't the last time. I, I don't no, no. think this is the last time I'm coming. I do have to sign off tonight. But um, these two gentlemen, I leave you in their care. They're excellent, <laughs> excellent people. Oh, and I'm going to go head out to my family. Love you
2: both. Love you too, man. Thank you for joining us. And I'll see you guys at the next one. Good. Yes, the next podcast. Okay. An uncontroversial podcast.
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We'll we'll put you on the spot now. (laughs) All right, guys. (laughs) Have a good start. Bye, Jerry. So can we, like, stop on actors and actresses? Yeah. So for my top actor, I love Denzel Washington. And the reason I love him is almost because everyone poo-poo's him yeah. in his acting ability. I can't remember the name of the movie where he was an airline pilot and he was a drunk, and he was... Amazing man, yes. he just played, and you know what? I don't know why they poo poo him. It bugs the hell out of me. I feel like it's because Denzel
2: is is in a lot of saccharine yeah. kind of movies, yeah. like Remember the Titans.
1: Yeah. you know, yeah. it's and and you don't get um, laudits for that. But man, he can he can act the hell out of anything that's serious. Yeah, and actresses. So oh. my favorite actress. And I mm-hmm. I told you about my Alzheimer's. Uh, Frances McDermott, did I have that right? Or Frances Mac- McDermott, I think, yeah. Oh, man, I just love her. I don't know if it's because her roles are easier, like the um, Minnesotan in Fargo, but that mm-hmm. role in Fargo, to me, was just... I mean, I get in goosebumps right now thinking about it. Right. It's amazing. And she is in a movie right now. I think called, like, Signs of... Something or other, yeah. But I love; she's my number one. Who's your number one female actress? Okay, this
2: is gonna sound so sexist, but I have to go with Scar Jo, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah.
1: Okay, she's so hot, but she's in so many movies that I love. Now, is that a an impediment for female actors to be good looking? It's crazy that they have to overcome being good looking. But see, like Frances
2: McDermott, like you were saying, isn't. Okay, I'm sorry if you're listening, Francis, but you're not the (laughs) most attractive person. She was at
1: 20.
2: At 20. Yeah. But she's an amazing actress, right? Yeah. But I look at ScarJo and Lost in Translation, she was so good. Oh, man. She has this innocence and she's in Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Right? And, of course, I I love Avengers and she plays... Um, Scarlet Widow. She's really good. Yep. They she... should do a mo- a Scarlet Widow movie, but Hollywood is so sexist, they won't do a movie. Yep. So, Francis, I, so to go back to Fargo, and you mentioned that earlier, as a Christian, I love that movie, because in that movie, she plays two parts. She plays the first part of The Lawgiver, and, and the, the second wife. part, she is a wife, sure, but she plays the life bearer. What the hell are you talking about? So remember like, in Fargo, you're... she's the sheriff, right? Right. But she's also a pregnant mother. Oh yeah. So she's
1: pregnant. Oh gotcha. Okay. Movie. I forgot that she's pregnant.
2: So she's pregnant. Right. Yeah. And her job is to go around her community. Yeah. Yeah. And it's to deliver justice. Yeah. While pregnant. Yeah. And to me it's such a perfect analogy for what it for for God, really. Delivering yeah. justice while also bearing life in a loving way yeah because if you look at her character she's very loving she's very giving and she's got a good sense of humor throughout damn she's not very you
1: are deep my brother
2: that's how I roll and if you look I didn't consider that I mean and look to the end of that movie right right. she's look she's pursuing evil she's pursuing injustice until the end of that movie she finally captures that guy who's murdering people right oh yeah and what does she say to him the chipper guy right (laughs) Yeah, I love that. But what's what's the end of the movie? She captures him, and what's the last? What's the? Last I have movie? no
1: idea. It's one of my favorite movies, seriously, of all time. But and what is it? The last thing she says to that guy is,
2: "You did all. You killed all these people. You committed all this violence. Oh my and lord! And you did it for money. And it's
1: such oh a beautiful gosh. day. And you don't have your priorities straight. Exactly. Yeah."
2: And that I love it. it's such a like yeah. it's the Coen brothers, it's such a spiritual, yeah. deep Christian movie yeah.
1: from the, I'm assuming the Coen brothers are oh, Jewish. We even talk about Coen brothers. That so, is that is super cool. That
2: that's the Christian cool. spiritual way of looking at Fargo, Yeah. right? And the Coen brothers, they're Jewish, but you'll notice they have a very deep spiritual bent to each one.
1: Nice. So anyway, Coen I can spend the whole rule. episode of that. Oh man we can go on and about I mean the problem with this episode right now of course is what we there's so much it's just it's too to way too much and we scratched the surface and so of course we've left out the ultimate legends and yes. that just can't be helped For our outro, we often like to talk about what we're reading or what we're listening to right now, and I'm just reading because when I read fiction, I do not read anything deep. Generally, I I rely on nonfiction for that, so I'm reading Camino Road by uh, the great John Grisham. You know what? John Grisham, you can say what you want about him, but man, he entertains the hell out of you, and his movies are fun too. So, speaking of movies and authors, there's not a whole lot besides Stephen King. Besides uh, him and a few others that have made uh, good books and good movies. And um, Camino wrote great book. I'm almost done. You'll love it.
2: So this week I've been reading Fire and Fury. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, by Michael wolf our, our colleague lent me the book. And I'm not done, so... I'm still in the middle of it, but I will say this: the book is controversial. So the book reads rushed. There are grammar mistakes. There are tons of spelling mistakes. Out right, that I associate with Trump. You know, so that's totally well. It's unfortunate, but it's clear that he wrote this book and then put it out to publish as soon as possible. But that's just me as an English teacher. But um, several things: that one, Trump is delusional, according to Michael Wolfe. He's obsessed. With Nixon. He's obsessed with. What? All the conspiracies. All the things about Nixon that brought him down.
1: He's like Nixon or he's loves ob- Nixon? Obsessed. With Nixon. with Nixon? Why would he be obsessed? Does he not think that the s*** sh- that they had on Nixon was true? Right. So he's obsessed with the idea that the media played a part in bringing oh, down Nixon. Oh, come on. You're kidding. I didn't right. have any idea. I read a lot about the book. So this is shocking. So, it's, there's this delusional aspect to the Trump administration. It's so reminiscent of Nixon. Which
2: explains why he would be obsessed. Right. Right. And then there's another aspect that he is obsessed with media. He watches tons, hours and hours of Fox News. Like, for example, he'll watch. Watch Fox and Friends. <laughs> and then in legitimate White House meetings, he will reference Fox News.
1: Yeah. He'll reference yeah, these anchors, these news that. anchors. It's crazy. That's like somebody just saying, yeah, I'm a professor. And mm-hmm. then just keep on quoting Sesame Street. Yeah. So
2: these shows have figured it out, right? So they gear their episodes, they gear their shows
1: to Trump. influencing Trump. Gosh. It has gone from... Who was it? I think uh, Kennedy outclassing Nixon in the um, first debate. televised debate mm-hmm. to, like, Obama totally kicking ass um, in social media Yeah, the first time. And now Trump kicking ass on Twitter and all the crappy oh, Facebook God. shit that, that happens. Mm-hmm. And it's, it seems to be um, like a lesson. Master media, you know, yes. presidential candidates. Master media. Come on. Get with mm-hmm. the act. People who are conservative should be against Trump, but they're not. So
2: anti-conservative. Because they're putting their partisan politics ahead of what's best for the country. Yep. And that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast you can do us a huge, huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, or iTunes. And be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find this show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation on Tap. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers.